Hello, everybody. My name's Pete Liston, and welcome to the pod. And if anyone's listened to these pods before, there's a couple of things that I really love and I'm really passionate about. One of them is about meeting and talking with great people. And the second one is business. So today is a real hybrid where I'm going to bring some really interesting people into the conversation to talk about something that I've had some really specific challenges in business. So there's going to be some excellent takeaways for everyone here. So just as a bit of an intro, there's a couple of things in business that solve a lot of problems. So first of all, if we can create create good revenue and we can create good lead for good lead flow, it puts us in a really strong position. But we know so many businesses out there struggle to generate the right leads, particularly in B2B businesses. And marketing has always been one of my, one of my challenges in business that I've really tried to develop. Now it's it's a real dark art of how to understand how to really drive definitive value out of your marketing from the point where who you are and what you do it and how are the relationships that you create. So for me to really elevate my own performance as a business owner, I've had to rely on good people, get good advice. And on that note, I've got three very special people with me today. First of all, Peter Applebaum and Susan Workner from the Agency Accelerators. G'day, Pete and Susan. Hey, hey Pete. How you going? Fantastic. And last but very not least, um, Ben Shipley, who's our Chief Growth Officer at Trust Process. G'day, Ben. Hey. G'day, Pete. Perfect. So I'm going to throw over to Peter and Susan first. Can you just do a quick introduction of yourselves and tell us about Agency Accelerators? Well, Susan and I uh, have started Agency Accelerators just under four years ago, just before the pandemic. Great timing, eh? Um, we've been long-term uh, marketing agency owners, and we decided just before the pandemic, we wanted to have a little bit of a, just, we just spotted a gap in the market where a lot of marketing agencies, fellow marketing agencies, and broadly speaking, service businesses, exactly what you just said, Pete, they struggle with business development, with marketing in particular, but having that regular lead flow. And we saw, we've started Agency Accelerators to answer that need. Because it's such a powerful thing here. What, what one corporate client, that one great relationship can make all of the difference here. And, and this is really what you guys are about, yeah? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I think, look, basically, Peter and I are agency owners already. So we've built our own agencies over the last, you know, 20 years for Peter, 17 years for myself, separate agencies. And we always work with corporate clients. We, we worked on the corporate client side when we started out as marketers after university. Um, and then we we eventually ended up, um, I guess, both of us separately starting our own agency. So for us, we realized after building our own agency that we have a lot to share with other service business, businesses and agencies, because one of the key, I guess, pain points, as you said, quite rightly, Pete, for many agencies is marketing. You know, marketing is both, we always say it's an art and a science. So if you have to have, if you have to have marketing, which everyone does, uh, we always say the accountants are great, but you need something to count. And who makes that? The marketing people. They're the ones that are helping you market your product. Until then, the CFO is twiddling their thumbs. So it really is a really vital part of any service business is the marketing part. A friend of mine runs an engineering business. He's in a very, he's an electric, electrical engineer and he's a very smart guy. And he used to in a, in a fun way, used to be quite uh, just give me jibes. Oh, you marketing types, you're just fluffy marketing types. Guess what happens when business goes a bit quiet? That's it, Peter. I need some advice, I need some help. We need some marketing. <laughs> oh, mate. And I guess it was my uh, real 
Look, I knew enough about marketing to be dangerous, but really not enough to be competent in any way. And that's why uh, Ben joined our team, you know, coming up to sort of more 18 months ago now. Um, ben, give us a quick intro um, about you and what you do and where you've come from. Uh, well, look, I come from a very specific career in sales. I've spent a long time as a salesperson myself and then a long time uh, managing and building sales teams. Uh, and over the years, actually kind of grew into being more involved in marketing, more involved in lead generation and brand and all of those other bits and pieces. Um, but ultimately from a, a sales background and, you know, came out of um, business coaching, out of higher education, out of finance, out of uh, events and and sponsorship and all of those sorts of things. And um, obviously joined Trust the Process, as you say, 18 months ago um, to help really drive the growth of this business, right? Which, um, you know, we're here talking about marketing, but I mean, ultimately exactly as um, Susan and Peter talked about, like all business growth is sales and marketing led. Mm-hmm. The, the problem Absolutely. a lot of, yeah. And the, the problem a lot of businesses face is that is actually in the resourcing of those things, right? Marketing so complex. There's so many different skills, sales. It's just really hard to find people that want to work really hard and, uh, you know, do the right thing and help the customers, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, so many businesses go through this cycle where they um, they try and hire people, they try and hire a marketing manager and they think, I'm going to hire a competent marketing manager because that's going to solve all of my marketing problems. Um, and ultimately they go through this cycle, right? This cycle of, of very expensive trial and error as they slowly kind of build up what works and what doesn't and make a bit of an engine that's kind of starting to work and they go through a few people and it's just like, It's incredibly inefficient. It's incredibly expensive and it's incredibly frustrating. And so many business owners just bail out of it. And so, you know, when I joined Trust the Process for me, I'm somebody who'd used offshore teams for years. I've hired people in 30 odd countries and um, always found it really helpful to be able to mix, um, you know, different costs of resources. But it's a thing that's not that easy to do, especially if you're trying to make stuff up as you go along. And so, um, you know, obviously love talking with Susan and Peter because you guys know how to make it work. We know how to uh, outsource the resources in order to be able to then deliver it, put those two things together and you get uh, you get growth that a founder or, uh, you know, key key executives within a business don't actually have to personally do themselves. And I actually think it's worth mentioning that that we're not just talking about this sort of stuff we're we're putting our money where our mouth is we've been working Mm -hmm. just how we first came into the orbit of uh, of trust the process through meeting pete at a uh, a entrepreneurs club three years ago pete yeah about that uh, yeah and we was impressed by the cut of his jib and what his, uh, what his, uh, I guess, you're obviously a good market. You're a good market, Pete, because obviously you, you, you got through to me. And it's like we've been working with uh, outsourcing, uh, trust the process, using out, using trust the process to outsource a lot of our sales and marketing needs ever since. And many of our clients are doing the same very successfully. So um, we're not just talking about this; we're actually putting our money where our mouth is, and it, it works. Love it. Hey, I'm going to start unpacking a little bit of uh, so some marketing insights. But before we do that, you two used to host a TV show on we Sky did. News. Is that right? Yes, tell us, we did. Tell us about TV. Well, what's it like being on TV? Wow. Very busy. 
before before the it, part of being on TV was easy. The easy part it was the getting ready for it. That was the well, hardest. I, I actually said the twenty three minutes we were yeah. live on live yeah. to wear was the easiest part of the whole week because mm. yeah. all was the work it, had been done. It was was uh, it live and unscripted? Uh, no, no it's scripted. We wrote the scripts ourselves. Yeah. Um, we basically uh, approached Sky News um, about eighteen. Well, we actually had been approaching and talking about persistence and mm. sales. We'd been, I've, I've been on a current affair for 18 odd years, doing a lot of on a regular basis, doing a lot of their marketing. You're, um, the, you're their marketing specialist, marketing specialist, and go to anything that, to do with Barbie dolls. That was the latest one. Well, <laughs> yes, you want to you know about Barbie dolls. It's talking about my, my private private activities when I was younger, Susan. It's, just, it's, it's not right. <laughs> We're among friends, we are among here. friends. But um, so I'd always thought that the big miss, because we've got two and a half million Australian businesses, vast 98% yeah. of them are small to medium enterprises, as you know, um, if not more, quite frankly. And exactly what you said in your intro, Pete, there's so many of them are, are not clueless. They're obviously smart business people in their area, but sales and marketing is a bit of a dark art and, a, and an area where there's a lot of pain. They want the continuity of of uh, of leads the continuity of, of to make sure that the, the business grows in a way they should so i always felt that there should there's a gap in the market there should be a tv show specifically for for small businesses to help them with their marketing mm -hmm. and and over several station managers we eventually found one and said okay well you can if you can find some money we'll put the show to air and we did and susan and i went out there with just an idea and our our plan and our goal and we we brought in several corporate sponsors like Qantas, American Express, Census, which is yellow, called Yellow now, Yellow Pages. Nine Rewards. Nine Rewards. Um, and uh, Optus was mm -hmm. the other one. Optus, yeah. And we went to where? And that was, it was fantastic. It was a huge amount of work, huge amount of yeah. work. It make, the old story, it makes it, we, we work so hard to make it look so easy. Um, <laughs> the, the opportunity and the challenge was the sky said, okay, there you go. You got a half an hour every Thursday night at 7.30. Over to you. Mm. It wasn't that bad. They gave us a producer. They oh, we had a producer for all the shows yeah. and things. So it was great. But it was, but it was a nine months of it. it was very And plus, we, you were doing a radio show at the same time right. on Macquarie Radio. So yeah. that was every Tuesday night we had the radio show and Thursday night we had uh, Marking Matters TV every night. So And we were running our two businesses during the day. So we were rather busy that year. Oh, and it went for like nine. The Marking Matters TV, I must say, we're very proud of it. It was actually the most profitable um, Sky News uh, business program they'd ever had. So that was because all those sponsors spent millions of advertising across Sky News channels, obviously, during our program. So it worked really well and and highlighted the small business people that, you know, definitely needed, you know, highlighting with all those sponsors. So, so, so I guess the segue. Sales, sales and marketing, right. I guess, for us, that also proved to us that's one of the areas that we we really understand is how to put a sales and marketing program even if you just have a German, you know, a small idea, but if you've got to already have a, you know, a running business, how do you then utilize that, you know, the strengths of that business, understand what differentiates that idea or that business, and then really get others involved and be able to market that and build revenue mm. for, for that business. So I think that's something that was a good learning point. As exactly. Well. And, and the, the point being, it went from an it's not just about having a Facebook page or an Instagram feed or, or X mm. or anything like that. It's about how do you generate revenue from react from reactivities. Exactly. Um, yeah. I think a lot of businesses think marketing is social media, doing a blog or doing doing a, a Facebook page or Instagram, that sort of stuff. And that helps. That's part of it. There's no doubt about that. But it's like, how do you get from where you are 
to where you want to be from a revenue goal perspective. That's really what market, that's the key metric from a marketing, a marketing point of view. There are many others, of course, but obviously as business people, we want to grow our business and that's, that's what we're talking about. Got it. Well, we love what you do. And, and that's why, you know, at Trusted Process, we've come up with a bit of a program, you know, working with agency accelerators. Um, over to you, Ben. Yeah, I mean, look, that's the re- part of the reason why we're here. We've wanted to have you guys on the podcast for ages, but you know, we've been talking for the longest time about how we solve this problem of being able to bring, you know, outsourcing and and good strategy and process and in in marketing together. Um, and so, I suppose, like, this is kind of the announcement, right? Like, we've actually formalized a partnership. We are going to be working together. Uh, where the agency accelerators will be helping our B2B clients to build out their um, their lead generation programs, the processes, the scripts, the all of the supporting elements uh, so that we can then go and implement those things um, and you know hire and use outsourcing in order to be able to deliver them. Um, this particular partnership is going to be kicked off in a couple of weeks uh, with an event. All the details of that are going to be in the show notes. Anybody for the podcast, go and have a look in the show notes. Anybody watching this on YouTube, check the comment section below. You'll find a link. If you click on that link, it'll take you to a registration page with all of the details of the event. Uh, but we can talk about that a little bit uh, towards yeah. the end as well. Well, what I want to do is because we've got Pete and Susie in here, I just want to really use this time to uh, you know unpick a bit of their knowledge. And you know, for me, Again, for so many businesses out there, quality lead generation is a real challenge. We go through these waves. It's like a sawtooth, you know, like we get heaps of leads and then they dry up and they get heaps of leads and they dry up or or we're totally relying on things that are word, you know, just word of mouth. But, you know, this is really limiting for the business in terms of how we can really drive, you know, scalable growth. Um, just throw to Pete and Susan, how do you guys create a robust lead generation system and what does that look like? Well, I think the key that we've learned, uh, both from our own experiences over the last 20 years and also working with our clients over the last four years now, the key that most service business, small businesses um, miss is that you need really a robust understanding of what is your business, what makes you different, what makes you unique, who are your best prospects, who are going to resonate with the problem you're trying to solve. So that's the key. What problem are you trying to solve? So like with trust the process, you've got a very clear problem you're solving. You know, people need, you know, outsourced um, personnel that they can slot into to various roles, whether it be admin or marketing or sales. So that's a great problem. But a lot of smaller, you know, SMEs don't really think about what is the problem we're solving and who will we be best fits with. So that's really the number one step in terms of a process. And from there, that's where you then build that sales and marketing strategy across different platforms um, and across the type of positioning and messaging and you need to really resonate with the type of clients you want to work with and customers you want to attract to get revenue. So when we start a business, we're just doing things and we're, sometimes we've got to, you know, maybe we're operators and we're, we're used to doing this job for someone else. So we say like, let's go do it in our own business, but there's no real why we're doing it. And I come back to your point about solving the problem. There's how much analysis do you think business owners do this before they go into business, before they just start doing things and then come back to marketing later? I think it's uh, it's it's very tempting to just do stuff. 
because it's like that's what we say it's you can you can do social media you can do a blog post you can build a website you can be very busy being busy um and i think and the other side of the, the the point the coin is though is um it's paralysis by analysis we've all met people who are talking about oh we're going to start a business i'm doing market research and i'm just trying to find out what my what my niche is and then five years goes by goes by and they're still thinking about it um yeah. i actually had a, had a uh, an interesting discussion with my my expression was was a perfectionists make lousy entrepreneurs, um, and this lady who I mentioned that to, she said, "Oh no, I don't I completely disagree with that. My husband is an entrepreneur; he's a very successful uh, is is an, is a perfectionist. He's a very successful entrepreneur." And it's like, good luck. It's not in my experience because you're going into the great void. You're you're doing something. No matter where, the, even if you're going into an area where there is a lot of competition, there's not you as a competitor, you don't yes. exist there. So it's like you're, you're going, it's, it, it really is a leap of faith. So as much as you, as much analysis as you do, you just have to say, you know, let's just do it. Let's just do it. We'll learn along the way. We will invariably make mistakes along the way. And that's the beauty of sales and marketing. It's we always, I always joke that uh, sales and marketing is marketing is like one plus one equals a butterfly. Um, <laughs> whereas a lot of people, so if you're, if you're a very linear thinker, and there are some obviously very successful uh, accountants and, mm-hmm. and architects, people who are have to be linear thinkers uh, in their particular goal. But when you're talking about the market, there's so many things you can't know and won't know until you actually jump in. Yeah. So uh, you just remind me that one plus one equals a butterfly. My little one told me yesterday one plus one equals a window. You know, but but maybe that no, is a butterfly. That a, future, a future entrepreneur. That's it. Yeah? <laughs> but I tell you what, like in terms of the perfection bit, like absolutely, it's um you know as I look around here, my absolutely not spotless office. Like this is the thing <laughs> of an era of tidiness behind us. But um, now look at that. That's that's really insightful. Now I want to go over to Ben right because one of the things uh you know as we're growing businesses and you know driving them. One of the ultimate challenges is always time. Now, there's one of my mantras is that in business, there's only two things you should ever do, right? You do the things that you love because you're the boss, you know, you get to choose what you do and you should do what only you can, only you should do. And everything else, we've got to create this mindset of, you know, delegate to elevate. It is a little bit of a selfish thought, you know, in terms of how you value your time. Um, Now, Ben, how do you spin this kind of thinking into what you do every day? Uh, I think it's really, it's super important thinking. Um, and it's super important because one of the, one of the real keys of business growth is ultimately resource allocation, right? Correctly allocating the right cost of resource and the right value of resource to the right activities. And, um, you know, if, if you are a founder, if you are a sales director, a marketing director, um, a CEO, any of these highly paid senior roles in any businesses, you you ultimately have to be very careful about how you spend your time. If you are a sales director and you're spending the majority of your time, let's say, making outbound cold calls, you can probably do that with a far cheaper resource, um, a far more appropriate resource. Should a sales director still make some outbound phone calls? Yes, they absolutely should because you should be willing to do the things that you're asking your team to do. You should know how they work. Um, But for me, you know, there's going to be things that are in your role that are in your business that are appropriate for you to be doing. If I'm a founder and I'm doing anything that I wouldn't pay somebody at least 
80 hours, $80 an hour to do. I probably shouldn't be doing it myself. Granted, brand new startups, that's not the case. There's just you, so you do everything. Um, yeah. But as you move along. But there's also stuff that because you are good at it and because you like it, actually the value of the work that you do significantly increases. If you really enjoy doing podcasts, for example, you're going to make probably quite good podcasts. If you really enjoy uh, going out and meeting clients face-to-face and having, um, you know, being involved in sales calls or being involved in research calls, whatever the thing is that's that's that really sets you on fire, ultimately you're going to add the most value to because you're going to do the best job of it. You're going to put the most amount of passion into it. And so being able to mix between those things, what absolutely essentially has to happen today, um, who can do it, what's the right value and right cost of resource I can apply to that thing that needs to happen, but then also who is the best person to do it that's going to most likely do the best job because they actually enjoy it. I've got people in my team who actually quite like doing the detail stuff, working in spreadsheets, building out um, process plans and process documentations and things like not that. Me. That's not, not me. me. Not me. And they're, they're welcome to it. Yes. <laughs> they can have that one. But, but there are people who enjoy almost every type of work, right? And so whoever enjoys it is probably the best person to do it most of the time because they'll, they'll place the most attention on it and give it the greatest, um, get, get the greatest output. So I suppose that's, that's my version of it. Like, there are going to be things that you're really good at and you really love and you should try and do those things. But the flip side of that is there are also sometimes just things where shit's just got to get done and somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And if nobody does it, then there's a problem. I think, that's I think- the, we call that the Superman complex. Like mm. Business owners think that they can do everything and only, and only they can do everything. Mm. Yeah. Delegation is really important. I think the other thing we found with a lot of uh, businesses, a lot of them are, um, are craftspeople like you know they, they actually like if they're engineers or accountants or marketing or advertising design people they you know it seo specialists if they build an agency around their own skill set we find it's usually harder for them to let go to actually sort of work as we often say on the business rather than in the business because they're they're so used to doing their own craft so i think that's something that um i think is a you know often is a bit of a mind shift i think uh, to think about your business that you actually have, all of us have only 24 hours a day. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a given. You know, you can't change that 24 hours. So what you do with that 24 hours is so important. So one of the things we often have our clients do is say, sit down for one week, write down everything you do in that one, in that five-day period, in that 24 hours. You know, what are you actually doing? Which of those? And then at the end of the week, tally up how much of that activity is on things that actually drive the business forward and that you enjoy doing or those things actually don't drive the business forward and you don't enjoy doing. They're the ones you want to then carve out and give to someone else to do. That's yeah. a great little little tip I would suggest to any business person to do for themselves in a in a five-day period. And they'd be surprised, you'd be surprised how much time you sometimes waste on things that you probably shouldn't be doing and you could be much more productive doing something else. 100%. A, a good colleague of mine used to always say to me, uh, Beyonce's only got 24 hours a day too. What does she yeah. do with hers? Um, which I always thought was really funny. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like, and this is this is what we help people with every single day is what is the stuff that they should delegate? Mm-hmm. How do we decide between the things that I uniquely should do in my business versus stuff that I should delegate out? 
The things that you're great at and add the highest amount of value are the things where you should be spending your time. If you're sitting around, I know this is something you've said to me many times, Pete Liston. Um, if you're sitting around your kitchen table at eight o'clock at night doing your books, you should probably hire a VA to do your books, right? Uh, and the same, but the same can be said if you're sitting there at eight o'clock at night, um, or you're still in the office and it's late, and you're sending out, um, you're just scheduling your emails to your database. It's a hundred percent something that you could have somebody else doing it that at a at a far lower cost, uh, and probably, let's be honest, far more consistently because there's yeah. a resource applied to the yeah. task. Well, there's one simple reason why people don't delegate and that's because they don't feel like they're in control. And there's two real simple ways um, that we get control in any business. So number one, we've got to have consistency and consistency is process or systems. You know, consistency means how do we capture excellence and repeat? You know, um, the other part of it is visibility. So when you don't have consistency and things are all over the shop and you don't have visibility and you don't know what's going on, um, then you don't feel like in your con you're in control. That's why you don't let go. Um, so I'm going to just, I'm going to take that little segue into that point. And for Pete and Susan, I find that, you know, for me, I'm on the quest for the perfect process. I'm absolutely not a perfectionist, but I love my processes to be good because the processes is how I get things done my way without me doing them. But when you come in and sort of want to unpack a new client, how do you really give them confidence in in what they're looking for in their marketing process to really deliver results. Cause there's so many charlatans out there that, Hey, just run some ads or do this. But what do you do to give people confidence in, in your approach to marketing? Well, I guess we take a very holistic view of the business. I think number one, we have been around for a little while. So, so we, we are experienced. I think that makes a big difference. If you're experienced and you're actually, you know, a small business owner, talk to other small business owners, other SMEs, you know, you, you've walked in their shoes, you know, the type of potholes they're going to fall into. We try and help our clients not fall into those potholes that we already have. There might be new ones we'll fall into, but at least not the ones we've already fallen into going forward. So I think the key though, is really, we look at three areas. People, processes, and technology. I mean, that's really what a business is about. Those are the three points, three systems that need to operate smoothly to have a, a business that grows. So for us, looking at both, you know, who, who are the people who are in the business? What are their skill sets? Um, what processes do you have in place? As you said, that's very important. If, and I think looking for the best process, and that can be different for different companies, obviously. Yeah. What's the best process for you? Where are the roadblocks in your process? Where is ma Where are manual tasks being done that maybe could be done better? And then looking at your technology, you know, what's your tech stack? You know, nowadays, I think there's so, there's how many, I think you just saw a chart. There was something oh, like. Yeah. We, we, we actually gave a presentation on automation at Advertising mm -hmm. Week last in August, last uh, last August, and <clears throat> we found that there are just all, just under fifty eight thousand AI platforms in the world. And if we talk again in another incredible. in another six months, it'll probably be another fifty eight thousand. Yeah. So, Sounds like so they're breeding. <laughs> what was that? Sounds like the platforms are breeding themselves. So <laughs> yeah. we already, yeah, we already exactly. hit it, you know. <laughs> so, so I guess so. For that point, exactly, they are breeding. So I guess rabbit rabbit.ai. Rabbit, yes, exactly. <laughs> so what we do is we actually 
suggests that we actually provide suggestions at which are the best um which is the best tech staff for tech uh, tech stack for the business so in other words less is more with technology as well you don't have too many pieces of technology because it becomes confusing but you need the right pieces of technology to help you and that helps very much with as we said before is process and then you overlay that with your sales and marketing strategy that's business in a box yeah i think when we're looking at um the power of B2B relationships. And, you know, we've got a bid in for a job at the moment, like one job. Uh, we get that one job. We basically grow our business by 120%. Wow. So we've been working, you know, pretty fastidiously and growing and growing and growing and growing. And But one right contact, the one right job could in an instant change everything for us and really change our direction and you know, change our whole pathway. Um, for me, though, Marketing is about taking people from unaware to being aware of us. Yeah. When I'm looking for a great corporate client, how do I make that first shift from unaware aware, unaware to aware, so then I can start this gentle progression of engagement, curiosity, discovery, interest? How, how do you? How do we make that first step? Well, we're we're big believers in, in an omni-channel approach. In other words. It's not just one thing because you just never know. Like we've we've picked up clients who we've sat next to at conferences and they've become corporate clients who, who we've sat yeah. next to and started mm. chatting and we didn't know them, they didn't know us. And and two months later, we're, we're, uh, they're a transformative piece of business. It could be an email. We've had one client of ours who started as a result of working with us, sent out an email. Who knew? Who knew email works? <laughs> and as a result, yeah. they sent it to, they only had a small database they sent it to one corporate client, and as a result, the client was impressed. Put them on a pitch list, and that they won the pitch, and it was a transformative piece of business. So, you never know. You could be. It could be that social media post. It could be linked. This is why we're saying have as many quality touch points as you can, and put it out into the market because you never know who is consuming what. Now, I know that can be mm. overwhelming, but I think if you focus on delivering value and syndicating and i know that's probably part of a, one of the separate conversations you've been having ben when it comes to content as a service which we love we love that strategy you record once and you syndicate it you can turn it into a video turn it into a, a meme turn it into a blog post that's the, that's the point not everyone watches videos but they read blog posts not everyone reads blog posts but they go on linkedin that's mm. the point it's just nice. have as much quality out quality content out there thought leadership content out there and that's how you do it. It could be a phone call. We're big believers in the value of, of calling, warm calling yeah. and cold calling. And another great resource we've, we're still finding to this day is people we haven't worked with for some years. Call them back. And as a result of that, where you can pick up business that, uh, that you wouldn't know about. And I think that's a very important thing. Well, all of those multi-channel approaches, like I guess there's one of the first lessons that I learned getting into business was like, we just try one thing and we get down, we get fixated or blinkered, we just go over and over and go over and again until it either did or didn't work. And then we'd switch into the next focus, be like, hey, let's run some ads. Let's get some, you need to get <laughs> Facebook ads out there. So let's pump some money into that. But um, I'm gonna go to Ben on this one. There's some so there's some really simple tools out there. There's only so many hours of the day you can be on the phone and do all of these things. But going back to Susan's point as well, automation is driving leverage using the technology tools that we've got out there. We can take that multi-channel approach and not only uh, do many things at one time, but get the attribution and the data to ultimately see, is this working or not? So we can either do more of it or less of it. Just your thoughts on Ben and how do we digitize this? 
Um, yeah, you know, we've become an increasingly data-driven world. I know uh, we talk a lot at Trust the Process that we very much want to be able to enable our customers' businesses through data, through automation, through technology, through reporting. Uh, but actually, if anything, we kind of prefer just talking with humans and doing business with people. Yeah. <laughs> and talking about being a little bit uh, old school in in that way, but obviously trying to, you know, making sure that we stay at the forefront and use those things. And data and and um, insight are, are super important and what we look at really matters. Um, I think what probably one of the most important things when it comes to really understanding what's happening in our revenue generation engines is is very much being aware, uh, sorry, is very much um, being very critical of the things that we're doing um, and being aware that the things that work aren't always the things that we can see um, and the things that we can see aren't always the things that are working. And I think there's some really good examples of this out there. Um, you know, Peter, you mentioned before about like a winning business, you're sitting next to a person at an event, right? And the business that only relies on digital attribution and tracking um, would see that person potentially come into the business as offline sources or yeah. might come into the business as organic search because they met you yeah, they lost your card or they got your card and they went and and typed your um, website in and you get you get a, a lead that comes in that's direct traffic right or they yeah. typed it into Google and um, and all of those things ultimately mean that you go and spend a whole bunch of money with an SEO agency <laughs> instead of spending more time at events right yeah. Um, yeah and so I think for a lot of those things we have to be very honest with ourselves about what's working and what's not but we also have to be very clear about where we have volume, like do we have we actually done enough of this to be any good at it to figure out whether it can work? Um, and ultimately for us, systemization, automation, all of these things, it's not always that a technology has to do it, but we have to work backwards, right? We talk here all the time about purpose, process, platforms, people. We have a slightly different one to, to you and uh, Susan and Peter, um, but you kind of have to work in that order, right? Um What's the process? Can you run it through a platform and automate it? And everything that you can't automate and run through a platform, you've got to apply people to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so really taking that approach of, do we have a good process in place? Have we run enough data through it? Have we, have we had enough um, shots on goal to figure out whether this thing works? Um, and then at the end of that process, we need to be able to apply a person that can then go and deliver on that process and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Automation is not, to me, automation is not just a piece of technology doing the work. An automated process is a process that I don't have to do, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> to a degree. Um, you probably want to have as much of it done through, through tech as possible. But if you've got a huge portion of it done through tech and then a person at the end of it um, working and delivering the all the pieces that the technology can't quite sew together, you still ended up with an automated process because you now don't have to do it. Human automation, you might even say. Yeah. <laughs> but what I love it's is when that... we start at that end, when we throw <laughs> people at the problem yeah. without having really thought about the strategy or the process um, that needs to be delivered, when we just throw a person at the problem, that's when we end up in the situation where we're just like, oh, outsourcing doesn't work. Well, <laughs> the person that you gave the job to was given absolutely no guidance or understanding of what might actually work 
and it didn't work out. It's not really surprising. Well, that's why we like working with you and we're impressed by the process that Pete went through with us when we first started or before before we first started, which is that process, that process-driven approach that you took. And obviously there are other, you have competitors, we all do, um, but no one else spoke about that. No one else took us through that journey. And I think being able to, to I guess, paint the picture and give people confidence that what they're about to do, and many people, and we speak to many people like that every day who've never used outsourcing, are nervous about it. How do I start? What do I do? If there is a process in place, be it via technology or via um, a human being takes them through it, it gives them that much more confidence to, to move forward and know that I'm going to achieve my objectives this way. And that's really where, where it starts and finishes. Well, for me, it's all about going back to my statement before capturing excellence and repeating it. Because as we go through this business journey, we're trying stuff all the time. And then we land on something like, oh, that actually worked. That actually resonates. So let's do that over and over again until we learn again. You know, we split test and we can take different options about how we experiment. But if you're on a good thing and you've got a clear defined avatar and you know who you are, then just keep doing it. Um, I just want to come back to uh, just sharing some of my experiences with marketing and getting getting your thoughts, Pete and Susan, on relationships. Now, sometimes I feel that single channel marketing strategies, for example, I'm like, so I'm going to come back to ads now. Ads work great. And for some businesses, ads are amazing and they just absolutely nail it. But it's a little bit uh, perplexing when you just engage an agency that says, hey, look, just throw 10 grand a month this stuff and we'll take, you know, we'll take two grand of that as a management fee and let's just see what happens. Now, after three or four months months go by, there's this classic statement or, you know, we're waiting for the, uh, the algorithm, algorithms to settle a little bit or, they're sending you their monthly reports that you know they're writing themselves, which is like my 10-year-old writing his own school report. <laughs> but sometimes these single-channel uh, focus really feels like being having like an electric heater in a cold cabin. You know, it's fine when the heater's on, but as soon as you turn it off and open the door, there's nothing of substance in the room. For me, crafting relationships and you know, our vision is all about ensuring business remains a fundamentally human experience, like empowered by digitization, but forging relationships and maintaining these, this human experience for me is like a log fire in that same cabin, yeah. right? You open the door, you know, yes, the cold air comes in, but you close the door and there's substance left in the room. So in your marketing theory and strategies, how are you using relationships and this, this development of this human experience is part of what you do. Well, I think I actually think that's a great analogy, yeah, it is. Pete. Very, very nice analogy. I like that. During winter, we needed that warmth, didn't we? Yeah. Um, sure, so you can have it. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think. Look, I think the main thing is exactly as you said. I think there's a lot to be said for automation. A lot to be said for digitization. But business is a human is a human interaction. You know, we are we are social creatures, and business is no mm-hmm. different. I mean, when you go to a corporate client, you you need to develop a human relationship with that corporate client. They're not just a digital input on your dashboard that says such and such visitor, such and such click on an email. You know, there's a human being behind there with thoughts, emotions, feelings, um, and they need to feel that there's transparency, there's trust, there's some relatability with the person they're talking to. So I think the key here is the type of, certainly this type of strategies that that we have put together, pretty and I, for our clients, they're rela- it's basically relationship building at scale. 
That's what we like to say, because I think you can't do that, as you said, through the advertising. If you're just doing, you know, SEO ads, you're not going to get the corporate clients if that's what you're looking for. It's it's not a B2B strategy does not provide you with the type of clients you want if you're doing Google AdWords. Let's put it that way. You know, maybe if you're a local tradesperson and someone's in, you know, in, in a suburb, Bondi, and they really need an electrician all of a sudden, yes, I'll go in and type um, a type for electricians in the local area and need one. So you have to look at um, both search intent, if you are going to do any online advertising, and have a look, as you said earlier, people, who's your avatar? Who is your avatar? You've got to understand who's the client you want to go after? What did they read? What did they see? What did they fear? What, what, what do they love? You know, I think the more you can understand your clients and your customers, the easier you can wrap a sales and marketing program around that avatar and know that your message is going to resonate. That's really the probably one of the most yeah. important things. And that's how you get the human connection because you know what emotionals, not in a way strings to pull, but, but how emotion will also interact with that rational decision they're going to make. As we all say, you know, people decide emotionally and then and then um, justify rationally. We, gotta, yeah. so we, we all do that emotionally and that's relationship. And the other, the other point is if you're talking about corporate clients, the chief marketing officer of Westpac who's looking for an agency, for example, or a, an IT support company, they're not going to click on a Google ad. Because they yeah. don't need to. No, they're being hit on all day, every day by people by potential suppliers. Um, they've had experience, and they've probably worked with agencies or supply partners, service businesses in the past. So they've got a black book of of organisations they've worked with, people they've worked with. So it, it, I think you need to cut the suit to match the cloth. And if you're looking for corporate clients for larger clients. It very much is a relationship play. You need to, and getting the foot in the door is always the challenge, but it's like there's yeah. there's definitely ways to do it. And we, and Susan and I started some years ago when we didn't have the advantages that a lot of uh, business owners have now with so many different platforms. You, you now can find out people's mobile numbers pretty quickly. You can you can really find out information you weren't able to find out um, five or 10 years ago. Yeah. So there's really, it's actually the golden age for service businesses, for entrepreneurs, particularly B2B entrepreneurs, going out there and growing their business with tools they've never had before. But they have to have the process combined with technology. Those sorts of things combined and those building human relationships, that's what it's that's what's going to get you the results. I think yeah. you guys are you guys are so great at the way you uh, approach with your customers to help them to do those things. I think that actually uh the partnership that we're doing together is a good, a really great example of caring about and understanding your customers, yeah. right? We come together and we have these conversations about um, what are people struggling with. We've got so many people coming to us on a on a monthly basis wanting help with marketing, and I think one of the the really fundamental human elements of of doing business with people and making great relationships is being honest with them, right? The reason we ended up in this partnership is because people were coming to us going, I need a marketing person. And we would yeah. say, what do you need them to do? And they would say, I don't know. I'm hoping they'll tell me that. <laughs> right? yeah. uh, and and we would we would try and work with people. And ultimately, the person that they would hire offshore would have a really difficult time. They'd really struggle. It wouldn't with work. Because it wouldn't work in, a lot, in so work. many cases. Mm. And so mm. we had all these conversations of was, was like, what are we supposed to tell people? They're coming to us for help. Well, in this case, um, 
what do they need in order to make this work? And is it a thing that we should deliver or is it a thing that a partner that we know is an expert in that area should deliver? And should we then connect those two things together so that we can pass people over, make sure that they have an understanding of what they should do and then hire a person? And I think that that for me is like so fundamental in business relationships is being willing. uh, There's two parts to it. It's being willing to tell the truth to your customers and say, I can't help you with that yet, (laughs) right? And I actually think a lot more businesses do that than we would genuinely recognize. I think a lot of businesses do actually say, this is not for me, I can't help. Um, Actually, some of them probably even say that when it's not true. Um, But what a a lot of businesses don't do is then think to themselves, who can do it? Who do I know that can do it really well um, and help those customers by sending them through? They go and they learn what they need to learn, put in place what they need to do, put in place. Then obviously they're going to come back and end up wanting to, to work with you anyway. Yeah, I just wish I had learned these lessons years ago when I first went back <laughs> to business, to be honest. And, like, and you're absolutely right, Ben, because one thing's that there's a massive difference here between doing things and doing the right things. And like, yeah. I guess in my own experience, like, the first thing that I was in business when I started learning, you know, about this, you know, marketing magic, I just do stuff. But there, it's it's the cart and the horse kind of thing, you know. Like, there's doing the right thing and understanding your strategy and why, and leaning on people that have, you know, walked in, you know, that are experts in this space, versus just hey, I'm just going to try stuff. And it's it's not so much the money that's burned, like, even though that's important by try trying and not winning because you you are learning. But for me, it's the opportunity cost. Like I've left millions and millions of dollars on the table through bumbling around trying to do it my way rather than leaning on people for guidance and investing in the right spot. So, hey, look, Mm. I've really enjoyed this chat. And like for me, again, the whole purpose of this pod is I just love to learn about business and I love to talk to people. Um, You know, when there's that old old analogy, never be the smartest person in the room. Well, um, you know, I've ticked that box today with um, with everybody that we've got here. So now that's an easy one. Hey, Ben, I'd just like to um, throw to you for some final words and then um, and to share, you know, w- what we're doing with Pete and Susan and how people can get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Pete. Um, so, I mean, look, if you're a, a, um, a business-to-business organization, if you sell to business customers um, and you want to go from having to scrape through the, the card deck for the last run of referrals that you might be able to ask for. You want to go from that to really having a a nice and automated, consistent, trusted lead generation engine. And you want to be able to do that where at the end of that process, you can also delegate that process to somebody uh, that is a cost-effective resource. If that's what you're looking to do, uh, you should come and join us at our event. Uh, We are running an event on the... 26th of September, if you are in the US, 26th of September, 5 p.m. PDT um, for our North American friends, 27th of September, 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time for our Australian time zone friends. Of course, if you are in neither of those time zones, you can come anyway, but you'll have to figure out what time it is for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, jump into the show notes. Uh, there will be a link to the registration page. If you're on YouTube, jump into the comments below. The link will be there also. When you click on that link, it will take you to a registration page. It'll have all of the details of exactly what we're going to cover. Uh, But ultimately, the point of the event 
um, is to be able to create an automated B2B lead generation engine, right? Um, this is what we're here to do. This is what we're here to do together. This is what we want to be able to give to everybody. So click on that link and jump in, register. And uh, as soon as you've registered, you'll get a confirmation and uh, obviously all of the details to be able to attend. And so, yeah, yeah hoping, hoping to see everybody there. Hey, look, while we're at it, you know, if you're my regular listener and you're in Benin or Nigeria in Central Africa, get in touch. I don't, I don't, I don't know why you even listen to this show <laughs> all the time. So, so some, for some reason, someone in Central Africa is, uh, you know, is, is engaged. So I love it. Um, Pete and Susan, <laughs> over to you for a final word on agency accelerators. Um, what's next in the chapter for you? And, you know, what are you guys doing? Well, thank, look, thank you so much, Pete and Ben, for having us. And uh, I guess for us, look, like you guys, we we just love what we do. We love helping those B2B um, businesses grow. That's really what, what keeps us happy every single day, coming into work and trying to do the best we can with our clients. And uh, and I, that's it. And I guess we're helping. We, we also help um, US companies as well as Australia. We've got clients around the world. Um, so that's one of the key things we're doing, growing a bit more in terms yep. of US clients, but we have quite a few in other countries. Japan was the uh, one of the countries we actually visited a few months ago with a client there. But um, we'd love to have you all on the webinar that's coming up, and we're really happy with the partnership with you guys. It's yeah. been wonderful. And the webinar is actually an example. We've done many, many webinars over the last three years or so. We, we're big fans of webinars, big fans of, of content marketing overall. As goes back to what we were saying before, it's quality touch points. It's all about adding value consistently. And that was a word you used early on, Pete. That consistency is such an important thing. You just give me a plan that a good plan that's 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 uh, consistently implemented. That's going to get you the results, and I think that's what what it's all about. And that's why we keep having wonderful. Uh, we love doing webinars, and, and we're very excited for this one coming up with you guys. Perfect. Well, get into the show notes, all the links, and that'll be there. And jump in and register. And to my uh, for the people out there in Central Africa, um, stay tuned. <laughs> Looking forward to it. I love it. Uh, my name is Pete Liston. Thanks for joining us on the pod. Really appreciate Ben, Susan, and Peter for joining me today. Out. Thank you. Thanks. Thank that's you. It. Thank you.